energy hobby with reckless abandon. Thank you for joining us for Season 17, Episode 18 of Happy Checks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Proby Tim. <coughs> this is Stork. Hi. And, uh, let's see. We have a game convention coming up, President's Day weekend. I booked my room. Did you? you. Yes, I did. Excellent. Um, I may have both children with me this time. Ooh. So I may run all kids' games. That was very successful. That'd be fun. Yes. Think about running Swords and Wizardry, actually. Yeah, I saw that on your post on the forums. I linked a kids' version game that's kind of loosely based on Swords and Wizards. Oh, really? Okay. It's called Dagger for Kids. I saw it. I didn't click on it, though. Okay, yeah, it's, it. uh, it's published by Brave Halfling, who was the original official publisher of Swords and Wizardry White Box. Oh, So there's okay. a good connection there. Right. Worth taking a check. I will. I will do that. I've heard very good things about it for kids' gaming. I was thinking about actually letting the kids make their characters, because character gen in Swords and Wizardry is very quick. Same with this Dagger for Kids. Okay. That's Check cool. it out. It's it's okay. it's pretty good. I will. I've read over it once, and I was like, "Wow! If I had kids to run for, <laughs> I would totally run this." We could probably get enough kids like together as between everyone's children and stuff. Yeah, my <clears> kids <throat> look at me and all of my hobbies like this, and they just shake their heads and walk away and go, "Oh God, oh. <laughs> God!" <laughs> Zachary's waiting for the next time that we, the, we play a role playing game. That's nice. awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Other, the other thing I told them that. Uh, they want to. They want to start streaming Minecraft. Yeah. So I got. They want to start streaming. It. Streaming it. So oh, I, I nice. Got a, I got a realm. I, I, I renewed the realm that nice. we had, and uh, and right now they're watching YouTube videos of people playing Minecraft, taking notes of things they're doing right and things they could be doing better. Nice. <laughs> oh, nice. You know what? Can I plug something that's not gaming related? Plug it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you should have them check out my stepson's videos called Andrew's Games. Hmm. Um, it's done through a company called FX Aided, FX A T E D, and uh, Angie, who used to be on the podcast, yes, mm-hmm. works for them, and he does all of the videos for it. All, oh, cool! All the uh, uh, special effects, mm-hmm. and it's all about like um, Andrew living real world video game stuff. It's really cool. Oh, nice. yeah. excellent! I, I, if I would have thought ahead, I would have brought the URL, but I wasn't planning on bringing okay, it. Well, up. Give it to me, and I'll put it in the show. Notes. Yeah, to- it's really, it's really good stuff. I, I'm. I'm quite impressed with the the videos that they're coming out with. They've done like uh, plants and zombies videos and, nice. and and some Minecraft videos. They did some portal videos where Andrew accidentally dropped a TV on his head because he tried to portal a remote to <laughs> it. That's what I mean. It's it's, it's That's funny awesome. stuff. Yeah, it's funny stuff. It's good. Um, okay, uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, what is it? Uh, uh, planning versus improvising games. Okay. Oh uh, I changed the topic. Good. This morning. Okay. Right. Surprise. Because um, <laughs> the other one wasn't quite a fully formed idea. Uh, Gaz writes in with some questions. Talon writes in about PC versus PC conflict. Marco asks about game systems for the Expanse series and Gurkuman? 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 Gurkuman. What do you say? You're, you're the expert with G's. <laughs> That's never going to die. Responds to the, <laughs> no, the salty email that set show. me off. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, I actually, that guy actually responded to, and I'll, I didn't put that in, in here, but I, I'll bring it up in a minute. Okay. Uh, so if you can follow us on Twitter at Happy Jacks RPG, that's Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. Also on Instagram, we're the same thing, Happy Jacks RPG. Find us on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can go to our forum, happyjacks.org slash forum. Very, very nice. I've now banned two people. Really? Two people. I've decided my, my, uh, my BS threshold mm-hmm. has gone down. 
And it's like, no, nah, you're gonna you're doing the same thing. That, sorry, <laughs> as Dave would say, you have now banned the most dramatically appropriate number of people. Two, Two people. people. Uh, <laughs> if you ban the person, I think you have. You've given them a long time to to put uh, a lot of stuff. You out haven't there. been on the forum in a while. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I check it every day. Um, He's a lurker. Well, actually, I I, well, I didn't. I one just, of them. I totally didn't ban. Something. The, you yeah. Did. The first one wasn't, wasn't a ban. He he. I yeah. I said go away. Nuked himself. Uh, anyway, uh, live stream. If you'd like to watch the show live, you can find us at happyjacks.org/live. If you don't want to do that, you can go to happyjacks.org/twitch. Which will take you to our Twitch channel, or HappyJacks.org slash YouTube, which will take us to take you to our, oddly enough, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> YouTube. Because they're not on the Google Pluses anymore, which is how I used to watch these. They'd be archived there, and I'd be like, Whoa. Why Google Plus make when you we know Google, Google Plus, Plus have, have, you don't, don't want, want to make. make. Uh, Operation Why Listeners Make When You Know Listeners Have You Don't Want to Make. In order to s- expand the reach of Happy Jack's Douchebaggery, we're asking you, the listeners, to share two links from Happy Jack's two, on... Two links! Two links! Two links. <laughs> uh, to the social media outlet of your choice. It might be a link to your favorite episode on Facebook. It could be one of the, the many resources that are on the webpage. It could be a time code, a time stamp in the middle of a YouTube video where someone says something stupid. Or funny. Or funny. It could be a lot of timestamps. <laughs> it could be a lot of timestamps. So there you are. Uh, and do that for us. Two links on Two social media. Two links. Yes. Two links. Two links. And now it's time for. You hear it? Yes. 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 A tip of the week. I have one this week. Oh, that's Unless someone right. else has one. All right. No. No, go ahead. No. Okay. Go for right. it. When you start a campaign, make here an interesting place. You mean your house right here? Not he- no. Where the, where the game starts. Where the game starts. Many games, especially fantasy games, by default involve travel and exploration. <clears throat> the problem for GMs, of course, is that you don't know which direction the PCs are going to go, assuming there's more than one direction. <laughs> and if you don't think there's more than one direction, the PCs will inform you that there is by choosing it. Uh, instead of do- starting <laughs> using your starting town as a springboard to go to other places, set the first few ad- adventure hooks in the city. Local missing persons case, something strange coming out of the sewers, a monster living under a bridge. Give the starting city some time to develop. Populate it with NPCs. Give it a history and potential adventure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let the PCs stay there just long enough and give them some personal tie-in to make it feel like home mm-hmm. before they leave. That is my tip. We played in a game like that once, and you and I like wanted to leave the city after the first day. We were <laughs> like, a dangerous place. We're like, screw this place. We're out of here. And everybody else is like, and they had tie-ins with the city and everything. We're like, f this town, f these people, f this place. So be careful, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> about true. how much That's drama true. you put your characters through. That's true. Right off the bat, <laughs> I'm, I'm reading the um, Dresden Files RPG specifically for the city creation. Uh huh. Because I want to use it in a game that I'm going to run. And uh, I think that that pretty much supports your tip of the week. Because right. really that's what you do, is you create a city, you give it interesting stuff, and then that's where your players play. Yep. In that city that you've created with all that interesting stuff. Yep. I'm kind of not going into detail because I haven't finished reading it yet. But I'm, speaking of Dresden, I'm rereading or re-listening to the Dresden Files books. Oh, sorry. I haven't put my mic back on. I'm I'm rereading or re-listening to the Dresden Files books right now. Uh-huh. They just started Grave Peril, which is the third book. Third book, yeah. And it is certainly the book where everything takes off. Yeah, and I yeah I, on Twitter I posted yesterday, the day before that, that I saw that it is no coincidence. That's also the first series that has Michael. 
Who is it is yeah. my favorite character. It yeah. also it's he starts to find his voice with those with that that series. He starts to find it starts to he, his writing style improves. Yeah, I think as a writer, he's he really started cooking at that point. He's also he's also expanding on the universe of magic. Yeah, because it's like okay, here's Michael. Michael has faith. Faith is a very powerful sort of mysterious magic to to yeah, Harry. Right. This right. is not stuff yeah. he understands. Plus, we also see a lot more of the Never Never, and we see uh, more of uh, 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 Leah, his 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 the, god, the, fairy godmother, Lianchi, mm-hmm. Lianchi, yeah. yeah, and and she. It, it, but you start to see more of these pieces. That's also, I think, I, I'm not through it yet. But that's also, you meet. The black court vampires, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and you meet all kinds of other creatures at the party, which I'm not to yet. But this is my second or third reading through it. So. Yeah, that's because series. I, I love I, that I re- series. I read online that it, is it the 16th book that's coming up, or the 15th. I, I don't know. I I I'm, I kind of got stuck on the 13th, and I don't want to say stuck. I Ghost just, story. What's that? Ghost story. It's the one where he. Uh, I don't know if I can say this without giving away too Spoilers. many. Spoilers. Is it ghost story? Spoilers. Would the title seem to be ghost story, depending on what's <laughs> happening to him at the time? <laughs> no, it, no. It, it's the one where he goes to the never never. No, to Mexico to find a certain little oh. girl. Oh yeah. Uh, is that thirteen? Blood something. Oh, Blood rights. Early, yeah. That's, that's not early. Well, no, no, no. That's that's it's it's. Past ten, I just don't know exactly what. Oh, okay. Because he doesn't number them. It's it their old be, title. Well, he did it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I can't and, wait to. I, I can't wait to the white court vampires and the porn one. That's my. That's <laughs> right? my favorite ones. But I, I don't, don't want to say. I don't want to say I got stuck because I didn't. I had just powered through all the books up to that nonstop, like day to day. I just, right. Right. I binge read. Oh, this so is good. <laughs> he's taking a break because he's written another book, which I read already. I see. The reason I started rereading <sighs> it is he's in the middle of writing whatever the next book is right now. Okay. So he's back. He he had started writing it, and I'm like, eh, 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 and so <laughs> still, still mad at him. I'm for still it. pissed off. <laughs> Where's so my book? Then he started writing some book series I have no interest in, mm. and he's finished that. But now he's back writing, I guess, sixteen. I'm not sure. Dude, sixteen books, sixteen novels. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And we're bitching that he hasn't finished the next I know, one. Yet. I, I, right, right. <laughs> God, finish it, hurry. Finish I it. think he got caught up in his own power creep and he needed to take a break. Like, how do I fix this? Just like I, we do. Right, we're right. He needed like, to go to the bathroom. Right? <laughs> I, you know what? You're going you're to find giant robot <laughs> spider tanks in the next one. Right. I guarantee it. Like, just like every, any GM, like so, when everybody went up to their right. chair, he's like, now what do I do? I gotta, right. Can we put the game on hold for a little while until I restructure it? <laughs> Someone's going to run in with a gun sitting atop a giant arachnid robot tank. Right. <clears throat> All the tropes oh, in one right there. Well, is it in Deadbeats, the one where he rides the, the, the undead T-Rex? dinosaur? Yeah. Yes. Which is awesome. <laughs> so undead T Rex. Amazing. <laughs> so right. amazing. Did we make up? <coughs> it's in the shot. I'm moving it. That's like, yeah, I know. It's it's all it's four just, short and it's like it's like this giant giant cup sitting at the same. <laughs> yeah, this episode of Happy Jack sponsored by Del Taco. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not sponsored by Del Taco. Although, it could although be. if you want to sponsor, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, sponsorship opportunities. <clears throat> um, See that? So I wanted to talk about planning versus improvising. Okay. Kind of mid game. Okay. Not like the very beginning stuff. Because that's all planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very little improvising. And I had a kind of a question for everyone, and I kind of 
jotted out my own notes. So what I'm looking at here is kind of like my own thoughts on the thing. But for you, how does game prep planning differ from improv planning? And I'll ask you guys first because I kind of came to a realization as I was coming up with this in my head. So repeat the question one more time. How does your game prep, game prep. planning mm-hmm. differ from your improv planning? Now, improv planning is obviously, oh, the party just did something I didn't expect. I need to come so, up with something right now. Right. So That's it's not lack really planning. planning. It's not <laughs> yeah, really planning. Yeah. It's just improv. But <clears throat> what, is, what is the process, how does the process of planning out this is what's going to happen in the next game or this is what's going to happen in the game differ from the process of this is what's going to happen right now? Do you see what I'm saying? Well, you're, I mean, yeah, yeah you, your, your first big thing is I can sit down and spend days thinking about what's going to happen in the next game session. Yeah. I have precious seconds to think of what's going to happen right now when they've decided to take that left turn. Maybe minutes. Maybe minutes. I mean, if, if you take if, a bathroom if break. You take hey, a bathroom you know what? Break. I'm hungry. Let's order dinner. Let's order dinner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but the, my point is, you don't get days to think about that unless it's the end of a session. Right. And True. But then you're not, you've fallen out of improvising and back into planning. Yeah. The right. chat room, by the way, says that this was a brilliant move on your part, not telling us the topic ahead of time, so we have to improv our answers to this question. Oh, yeah. check. Oh. Unintentional. Uh, Unintentional. <laughs> but still, super, super it turns out, It turns out I'm terrified about not giving my players a good time. I feel guilty. I beat myself up. I'm full of self-loathing if I feel like I have let them down. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that is self-imposed. So I make sure I prep the hell out of a game ahead of time. Like I make sure every town, every city is named, every building is like so that I know that when they go somewhere, I, okay, I have, a th- I have a plan. I have a thing. I can do that. So I think I, sp- I pay it forward. I spend a lot of time building my world mm. so that I am comfortable if they decide to make a left turn. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Although I didn't plan to, for them to go into the crime boss's house, I can do this. I have stuff. I've right. thought about who the, who the crime lords are. So for me, I need, to, I need to pay it forward. I need to front load it so that I feel comfortable when they make a left turn. Okay. Because, I, again, I don't want to let my players down. I feel a great responsibility to make sure they have a good time. This podcast has, um, since I've been involved with it, has completely changed the way that I prep games. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even as recently as the now infamous Shit Zombies game. <laughs> um, I used to plan games very D&D module-like. Because that's what I did. Right. Right? Just planning modules. Um, and, and, and that is all sorts of prep. Like crazy amounts of prep, and not so much on the improvisation because theoretically you have. I don't want to say railed your players into into following your module because it's not that bad, but you have. Well, what happens if they take this obvious choice number one? Well, all of this happens. What happens if they take this obvious choice number two? All this happens. Now I follow what we've said, which is just come up with problems. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the solutions. So, like Stork said, my prep consists of, you know, making sure I know the area well, right? Making sure I know the people in the <clears throat> area well, mm-hmm. and then just throwing down a problem and reacting to that problem that the players come up with a solution for. Mm-hmm. And your improv then becomes just knowing all of your NPCs well enough to be able to react as them, same as when you're playing a regular character. Right. If you know that 
the blacksmith really hates dwarfs, and one of the PCs is a dwarf, and they're going to come in and commission some work, then you can improv on that very easily. So I think they kind of tie in hand in hand. Okay. Yeah, I definitely, definitely agree. I definitely don't go quite to Stork's extent. Uh, I, I love world building. <laughs> right. I really get right. caught up in it. I really enjoy it. But I make sure um, that I have a basic map or that I've picked a place that I know really well. Like, for example, my last Wild Towns game that I ran at the con and that I ran for JackerCon, I picked Los Angeles. Yeah. So it's like, no matter where they wanted to go, it's like, I know that place. Like, oh, they want to go into the valley. That's where I live. I totally know the valley. So that way it's... that. Like it, it sometimes does save a little bit of prep time, but I know it as intimately as Stork would know, like a world that he created. And when I did like my Salem Witch Trials game, I printed out and I studied maps of Salem and Salem County and that area from that time period. Yeah. So, because all of that is in historical record, you can find all that stuff, and you can actually find where people's houses were and what you know things like that. So all of that I provided to the players, but I also studied it myself, so I was able to kind of riff on that. Sure. Because um, <laughs> I think that is what really makes your improv uh, ideas successful when they want to turn down that left alley, even if that's not really where you expected them to go, you've got to know what's down that alley. And if you have a map or, you know, a list, you know, even if you don't necessarily come up with, like I don't come up with all that maybe NPCs, but I always have a list of names because that's something I am terrible at. I am such a perfectionist with names. Like it's, like anyone who's ever done character creation with me knows that the name is what I come up with absolutely last. I make the entire character, and then I think about it for like days. I'm like, what is the perfect name for this character? <laughs> and it's really pathetic. But um, so coming up with names on the fly is not something I'm super great with. Usually they get, and if I have to come up with a name, it usually ends up being a student from one of my classes in the past. And depending family on family members, uh, family members, yeah. So I've, it's, I've used coworkers before, <laughs> right? Too. So two, two, two of my NPCs in one of my last games right. was my boss and his boss. <laughs> yeah. Their first and last names just reversed. Yeah. So <laughs> spoilers: like if you ever play my game and uh, an NPC's name is Brandon, they're probably awful because I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what it is about like students that I've had in my life when they're Brandon. I love them dearly, but they're always a little bit of trouble. Um, so, <laughs> so just make sure it's a thing, and it's happened my entire career. I don't know why, um, but just having like that list of names, so you can kind of skin whatever character you need on top of that name, and also those stats. Just having a, a list, especially for convention games, because you have to have all the stuff ready right away. Of yeah. like generic person, generic bad guy, sniper bad guy, like all those things. That's kind of how I prep for improving, um, while with like actual NPCs that they're going to meet, they're going to be flushed out. They're probably going to be some a character that I created individually, not just pulled out of the back of the the splat book or whatever. So that's what I do. It's a lot easier to improv on a um, modern day game than it is, you know, like a fantasy game because mm-hmm. your players could be like, "Wow, I want to go buy a walkie-talkie. Can I buy a walkie-talkie in this town?" Yeah, sure. There's a Walmart right <laughs> around the corner, you right. know, or right. a Radio Shack. Oh, they don't exist anymore. Circuit Circuit City, uh, Best right. Buy. You know, the best okay. But in a fantasy world, like, wow, I could really use a wand of ESP. Is there a magic seller in this town? Uh, we used to have a well, chain called well, Square Deal Sam's where you could well, buy magic but items. Then you, yeah, but then you have to be like, well, that depends. Let's see, how prevalent is magic in my setting? Okay, it's pretty prevalent. It's prevalent enough that it would be a wizard in the town. Yeah, is the population high be, enough that it would be a wizard in the town? Is the population high enough that it would be a wizard in Probably. Okay, is there going to be enough call for him to have opened up a shop? Uh, 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 maybe, yeah, okay, so maybe a wizard, he has a cart that he drags around the town, you know? So you have to put a lot more thought into that sure. versus a modern-day game. 
and it, it depends how mundane or unmundane the thing is too. True. Yeah. I mean, you could also take your hometown and you can reskin that as a as a fantasy place. Absolutely. That's yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, try changing the uh, offset. You know how to do that? Nope. Settings. Click on that. Uh-huh. That that thing. Uh-huh. Change that to six hundred. Okay. See if that, and then ask them if the sink is fixed. Not sixty, six hundred. Six hundred. Okay. And if the sink isn't fixed, then we'll. Take There's it not to a 12. save button. If I click out of the window, does it save it? You just uh, sit. Just close it, and it should be. Okay. And then ask them if that fixed it. Um, Did that fix it? They'll tell us. I'm sure. The chat room I'm looking at isn't complaining. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, they, they are. are. Okay, yeah, they so are. Them. That's why I said it. Uh, the thing that I've noticed the difference between improv and and con prep planning is that there really isn't a difference between it. There's The process you go through is exactly the same. It's just accelerated. Yeah. The only, the only difference that I can think that I think is a real seriously important difference between improv and con game planning is when you are planning, mediocre ideas get thrown out. When you are improving, <laughs> basically you're going to take whatever that first idea you come up with and you're going to run with you're it. You're going to cling on to it like your, <laughs> and your it, life depends on it. And you have to. And you have to. Yes. That's the difference. You have to commit to what your uh, the idea because you don't have time to sit there and say, "Well, let's see, what would be the most <laughs> right?" Mm-hmm. Let me think about this. So you guys go ahead and eat. I'm going to sit here and scratch my chin for a while. Again, and that's what bathrooms are for, right? But, <laughs> but even but then, even then, yeah. Usually, you're doing that because you don't have any idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just want something, right? Yeah. So when you improv, you take the very first idea you come up with. Yeah, and it's like. That's the best idea ever. Ever. Because it's the one I came up with right now. Because it's the one we have. It's the one we have, yeah. (laughs) Can you give us an example from one of the games of where that happened? Um, Oh, good question. Story. Ooh. We'll play. Think. Sit around and scratch your chin. I'm trying trying to think because... That all that stuff blends in my mind. Sure. As, as How about being one of the Inakai games? Something that's done. Let's not try the mode. Let's try Inakai. Where? Uh... Oh, uh, the the biggest thing is when you guys decided to leave town. <laughs> oh, on the second one where we got on the ships. No, the first. Oh, okay. In the first one when you guys left. Oh right. <laughs> and You're you, like, oh, we're going to go on this mission, and 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 I do, I don't specifically remember. You were leaving with the the women from the Lion Clan, mm-hmm. and that's right. We ended up camping out there and stuff, right? And then once you got a certain distance away, the, the like the most senior of the Lion daughters <coughs> told you that well, we were actually this was a ruse. We were sent. We were supposed to lead you out here by because your your uh, <coughs> your daimyo knew that you wouldn't. Allow him to be captured, and he needed to be captured. And that was made up. That was made up. Oh, Oh. (laughs) had no idea. Years later, the revelation. (laughs) And the reason that that it happened because you guys like took the plot to go ahead and go to the lion thing. Mm -hmm. I hadn't prepped anything for the the lion thing yet, and Uh I'm trying to figure out. Shit. (laughs) Shit. I have a story here, (laughs) a lot of it, and I. How can I make them stay? That was, a, that was a great way to do it. Yeah, we was kind of like Mad Max. We went out for a little while on a road trip and then came back. Right. <laughs> Oops, spoilers. That, that's a whole movie. <laughs> go there and then and come, back. come back. back, and then do it again. And then you come back yeah, a lot faster than yeah. you did to get there. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, that was that was one that was 
ba- right. basically made up on the spot. It happens a lot. Yeah. Um, so were you able to take the ideas that you had that we were going to do in town and just do it on the road? Or were you no, just, was I, this no, like I, an interlude? He just came up with the I idea to send you. us back. Okay. Yeah. I, did, I, think, I just... Yeah. I just Made you change directions. Okay. <laughs> but I think that's that's important. Like, There's two kind of types of improv when you're GMing a game. There's the get them back on track improv, which is uh, Stu's example. And then there's the, okay, they're here, let me create a place improv. And those are two very different things, and they can be equally difficult, I think. And sometimes it's easier to come up with like stranger NPCs than a really good reason to send them back where they just left or something like that. Again, I think because you had spent so much time creating your world, you were really comfortable uh, being able to take us on this little road trip and seamlessly integrate a new plot scene. Uh, and, and, and I didn't see you sweating. I didn't see you thinking. I didn't see you, you know, panicking. I didn't. You, there might have been a bathroom break, but I don't remember it. it but uh, for the most part, I think you were so already so comfortable because you'd already had your map. You had already had this clan kind of figured out. So you you just riffed off of what you had set up. Right. And I think if I were. I don't even think the fact that he was captured had been planned when I sat down. Oh. I think that oh. all of that, I oh. basically made all that stuff happen. And that kind of gets into the sort of the sort of prep that involves what other NPCs are doing. And this is kind of something I want to bring up next week when we talk about... I want Because someone suggested on the forum we talk about repercussions. Oh, yeah. In-game That's repercussions. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, and that kind of... This kind of gets into that a little bit, but one of the crutches, I, I, you, like you guys said the same thing, is that you, uh, especially when you're playing a game where you're dealing with a lot of social interaction, get you, you want to get into the heads of the NPCs and say, okay, in this situation, what is this guy going to do? Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm thinking of, of uh, the other daimyo, not Rinjiro, <clears throat> I forget his name, his, his, his older brother. Who was actually in charge of the whole area that you guys were in? He's already been defied by his brother a couple of times. At some, and, I, and I'm thinking in my head, at some point, he's just going to snap and just go and, and get him, and he's going to hold him and just take over because he's getting tired of this. And it's and it's we'll do it now, I guess. Right, and now is as good a time as any. Uh, so, and, and but getting figuring out how NPCs are going to react. To the narrative that's happening, specifically, most importantly, what the characters are doing, I think is a really good crutch for improvising mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. happening. I mean, that, yeah, there is something that you always do in your games. I've noticed, and that is, regardless of what the PCs are doing, there's stuff that always is going on behind them. Mm-hmm. So, for example, there were all these political and social machinations going on in, in the Inukai game, and whether we were there or not. They kept going on. Yes. So it eventually absolutely. we would jump back on board, not the rails, but jump back on board the plot train again because that's certainly more interesting than wandering around the wilderness. And stuff had happened. Yes. That you would that you kept going. So in many ways, you would just sort of have these. We would have these, I guess, quote interludes where we would go off the off a bit, do something that we wanted to do, and then come back, and the plot had advanced. Mm-hmm. Sometimes whisking us along. Sometimes we just didn't know what to do. But that's something that I know that you always do. That regardless of what we do, your timeline keeps marching. I try, keeps happening. I tried yeah, yeah, yeah. try to make that happen. Even yeah. in the vampire game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When we started, we let a, a, almost a year of game time go by and then mm-hmm. when we start, started the last couple sessions, um, <clears throat> you found out, oh, look, the city's been installing this 
really sophisticated like, facial recognition camera system, mm-hmm. or even or even <laughs> less less, uh, which is a very typical thing a, a city with a high crime rate is going to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or, or <clears> even <throat> even uh, less far reaching than that. We spent like three days underground worrying about what to do when the Sabbat was coming and we were all, oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And you were like, oh, just fucking go upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) And when we went out, the city had undergone changes. Like it was all different and there was litter already all over the place and people were starting to look downtrodden and it was starting to look kind of get-tastic, get-o-tastic. Right. Uh, And that was only for like Three days. Days, right. Yeah, yeah the three, three or four days. Three days. <laughs> three days. So I came up with an idea while we were talking about this. Um, about being able to improv NPCs and specifically NPCs that, uh, you know, aren't your named NPCs. And Kimmy had mentioned, you know, having a list of names so that you... Oh, I just need a generic NPC name. This is Bob Smith, right? Come up or, with better names than that. Horrible NPC name, I know. But, <laughs> That's but why the, you have a list of names. But for the purpose of this... Ex- <laughs> right. So what if instead of just coming up with a list of names, <coughs> you actually came up with like three or four extra NPCs, mm-hmm. and you assigned to them, you know, personality traits mm-hmm. and likes and dislikes and all that kind of stuff. Don't worry about their impact on the scenario or something. Just come up with like basically a everything but their occupation. Everything but their occupation, right. and then you can take this and <coughs> say, Bob Smith, he likes collecting. Barbies <laughs> and it works at the morgue mm-hmm. and he has a lisp mm-hmm. so you can you have instant NPC right I, there I do that all the time I have a I have a like four or five NPCs when we run our con games just in case sometimes it's a, it's just a, a stat block so yeah, that I'm much, not yeah. completely caught yeah. off guard when, when oh they're going to take on the security guards and, I need a security guard and staff even, here we go even if you get people who are like very uncharacter like let's say okay we need a tavern we need an innkeeper okay uh, I'll take this NPC, and you happen to pick up the NPC who is the most antisocial person on the planet, right? And everyone is going to wonder, how the hell is that guy have a bar that anyone wants to go into, right? It, but now you the made incongruousness this, of yeah. it makes it more interesting. It makes it more interesting because then you've almost got the the bartender from um, Dresden. He never talks to anyone hardly. When he does, he says like Mac, word, Mac, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All he does is like, here's your beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although in our in your in your D and D game, was, didn't you have a lizard man bartender? Bar, yeah. Bar owner? Mm-hmm. Baru. Yeah. yeah. Baru. Yeah. Well, he was um, a. Did, did you dragonborn? I think. Did you, yeah. did you hiss a lot when he talked? No, I don't think so. No. I, I have to say though, the chat room, uh, OMFG, so many usernames has been listening to the Inukai uh, Inukai game lately. Oh yeah. And you just blew his mind with the fact. Oh that shit! I spoiled it. <laughs> no, 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 no! You didn't spoil it for him, but he was like, uh, he actually just listened to the episode we were talking about, and he's absolutely amazed that the lion daughter coming, like Ruse, was actually not planned because it seems super planned. <laughs> And that Rangero um, being captured was like not planned either. No, he's like, oh my god, that was amazing. That side trip had huge ramifications for my character. Yeah, yeah. it totally that's, did. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> I make and it, 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 it was consistent with what Rangero would do. Yeah, absolutely. Rangero huh. would it very much he felt the the the, the safe being of the people beneath him was important. It was a priority to him. He knew he was going to get captured. Whether you guys were there or not, it just means how many dead samurai are going to be on the ground by the time he's captured. And, right. and his, your excuse for us being there was spot on because had we been there, we would have been forced to. Oh and yeah. He needed us not to be there and not be dead. And it had. It, <laughs> I don't. I don't think I was thinking this at the time, but it also took the guy in charge out of the picture. Right. And suddenly 
Player agency is everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of almost what you did in the moat, too. Oh, yeah, he's dead now. Right. Yeah. Uh, I did that Lord, for Lord exactly Anthony, that yeah. reason. Yeah. And it, in fact, it was a listener who, who commented on the fact that I, I, I said, I did it again. I did it again. Yeah, I think I went, that was I, on the forum. Someone yep. said, oh, it's another Ranjiro or whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, yes, he needs to go away. I gotta, I gotta say that you're, you, you always said these mechanics. You're going back to my, my earlier comment and with Moat. Uh, I feel like there's almost another game going on on the mainland. Like, I, do you have another group of players that are playing all the other characters? <laughs> because every time we come out you know the mainland, has there's stuff that has happened that we don't know oh, yeah. about. I, that's a lot. And you're already doing it. I when almost, I, when I almost I, feel like you have another group. When I'm doing my planning <laughs> for the game, like the the planning I did for this game that's coming up tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, I do a little. Synopsis of what happened From what I remember I usually try to do it The night we play I didn't So I had to kind of Go through my memory And remember what happened And then underneath that I put What might happen This session And I'll put Usually a list of Small bullet points Or this person might show up Or this thing might happen Or this might happen Or whatever Then I have What's going on With Sebastian What's going on With mm-hmm. Daniel mm-hmm. So you do advance What's it. going on With mm-hmm. the, ma- the witch I knew it <clears throat> So Wait You have things <laughs> Going on with the witch Of course you guys, always. you guys, oh, you guys haven't been anywhere. You guys have stayed as All sorts far of away way. from her as yeah. you can stay with, and still be on the same island. Yeah, yeah. we totally have. And, and so, of course, <laughs> I yeah. have. I am so anxious to play, which tomorrow. is the way she wants it. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> I mean, I think you know that. I am so anxious to play tomorrow. I just based on the thirty seconds of cliffhanger. I have a whole list of, of stuff that I want to do. <laughs> I don't remember what Cliffhanger was. I don't no, know. Yeah, no, we have plans. <laughs> oh, do you? Okay. We're so excited. I, and I have plans that I haven't told anyone about because I thought it would be cheesy to be like all, well, technically, that Cliffhanger just happened right now. I can't affect all kinds of crap. Yeah. You know, I have to go back and listen. I, don't I have to borrow your printer. The, Which one, the big one? Yeah. Okay. The, the phone call? I don't want to give anything away in case people haven't listened to that episode yeah. yet. I have to go back and listen to it. Yeah. Really? You don't remember your own cliffhanger? It was one of the greatest things in the world? Ever? It's fine. He'll go I back don't remember it. It's so like, we're it playing to tomorrow, <laughs> so he's going he's gonna to catch up tonight. You'll have to remind me, well, too. Well, I, I, I can always just listen to Samantha. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but that might be a little bit late, because I want you to do stuff on that cliffhanger, and if you're like, oh, oh. I don't remember what it was. Speaking of prep versus improv. <laughs> <laughs> you see, he's so comfortable now improving. He's like, ah, I don't need to know. I'll just make it up yeah. once well, we hit the table. And you know what? When you have a campaign what? where you know all the characters so well, you know us and our characters very well, too. So it is. It gets a lot easier, if you, especially if you're running a campaign, if you've done it for a while, to then start improving because you can kind of, all right, I feel like they're going to do this, and if not, then... You know, I know the world well, the ga- really well. The game builds up a certain rhythm to yeah. it. And, and the yeah. thing is, whatever that cliffhanger was, I'm sure there's something in my mind that I had for that cliffhanger. Mm. So as soon as you send me whatever that was, I'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just slacked it to you right now. Okay. The magic of slack. See that right now? Slacking. I just slacked that. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. See? I, I forgot that was a cliffhanger. <laughs> I, yes, I do, I do remember okay. that. Okay. That was actually in my notes. I did not realize that was the last instant of the game. Okay. Literally, it was, right. and this happens, and we're done. Right. And I was like, oh, you, I hate you so hard. Oh, I remember now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, d- I forgot it was over a phone. I just yeah, I thought yeah. it was narrated, and I'm like, no. oh, no, that was over No, it was over a phone because okay, Riley got the phone. Right, right, yep. right. I got it now. Yep. Okay. Yep. So that, that's, that was our topic. Yeah, no, it's no. a good topic. Also, tomorrow, Vampire. So it's uh, Sunday, October 2nd. If you're watching this later, too bad. Um, tomorrow, 1 p.m., 
watch us play Vampire. Oh yeah, we'll be yeah, yeah. Vampire at one. Yep. Starting, starting a little bit later than normal. Yes. Gully will schedules. return. Samantha has started ballet lessons because she had to be more awesome than she already is. So <laughs> well, she's got, <laughs> she has an R2-2-2. I know. And she wants to actually be able to dance in so the R2-2. Well, because she made all the R2 details for the R2-2-2. Yes. And then because, because she's a dedicated cosplayer, she's actually learning to ballet dance. Because yes. if you're going to have a tutu, you got to know what to do in it. Yeah. That's, she's a completist in that way. She pretty much says... And all that applique, 3PO. Uh-huh. Applique, P-O. Applique. She had a, a word for it. I don't remember what her word was. R2 details. R2 details. details. But she said something, something, it was something on applique, because there was lots of applique. I always thought it was hilarious, because applique is... French. Awful. Oh. <laughs> but, yes. It's not You'll the, skip this not stuff. Not the Boba Fringe? Yeah, go the check Boba out. Fringe. The Boba Fringe. That's nice. That's a good That's one. It. That's, That's another round one. of applause for Stork there. Yeah, wow, if you I go did. check out uh, Samantha's Instagram, which is Red Pandroid, you can see her amazing R222 in its amazing glory. Amazing glory. It glows, actually. And when you press one of the appliques on the side, it <laughs> beeps and tweets wow. and stuff. Are, are you kidding details? me? No, it totally She's does. Completely. Ah! Yeah, you press the thing and it makes R2D2 She was sounds. telling us a story about playing Fallout 4, and she was saying that she That's had amazing. to go and do all of the side quests because it drives her crazy to have something uncompleted <laughs> that way. So, of course, when she makes an R2-2-2, all the, all the R2 details oh do God. a different thing. I wonder if that bugs a lot of people. I wonder if a lot of gamers are like that. I am. I'm yeah, like I, I somebody should, spent time making this stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna I do should, all. I that. should stream me playing Fallout Four because it would drive you batshit. You're like crazy. I don't want that. I don't want that. We I had a couple people like, asking about us streaming video games like in between our shows. <laughs> so we'll I, have I, I, you just ignore everything. I do. It's like I go through like the, when, you, when you get out of the thing at the, out of the the Fallout Shelter uh-huh. in the very beginning and you go through the town. Uh-huh. I went to my house, uh-huh. looked through my house. Uh-huh. Got my stuff, left, and follow the robot to another house where there's like some bees or something you have to kill. Yeah. Uh huh. And then, and I'm like, I'm covered in bees. I'm like, well, this is an abandoned town. I'll go see what's over there. <laughs> Off I went. I didn't check anything else. And then, like, then I came up to a, like, a Wait, gas station. The gas station, yeah. I like it. And I looked at the gas station. I'm like, yeah, looks like a gas station. You got any guns? I don't see any weapons. See, I turned that into my base because it was the armor. That's where the giant. Thing of armor was. How did you not notice that? that? No, the giant thing of armor is in the town. I found that. Oh, that's in a it's the, in a gas station too, though. There's, there's no, it's on the roof. Gas it's on the roo- it's on the roof of a building. The one I'm thinking of, the big. <laughs> I use that. The first one you get a, is in the town. You have to jump out the building. It's with the it's oh, with the, the yeah. death claw. But then you make the right. one, and then you have yeah. But I use the gas station as my base because it has the armor stand, and you take your armor. There oh, it does start, have that stand. And start yeah, fixing stuff. But yeah. I couldn't have made it. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't have made it. Your first armor is the stuff you get. And and you don't and you don't have enough the, power. No, you have you have but enough power to base fight because you have the tool chest there. You have you have both. You have all the tools you need. You have the lathe and stuff. So yeah, yeah just and I'm a okay. shitty shot too. I'm a terrible don't shot. Don't you mean a, a crappy shot? Oh, I can't hit. I can't hit the side of a bar. <laughs> I, I I was I'm in the powered armor with yeah. all of the cool weapons, and and I'm like you know what I'm going to run over here to the side because the guy the the guy in the Minuteman. Uh huh. He's shooting the thing oh, yeah. and hitting it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? He's shooting it a lot more better than I am. Yeah. I'm just going to go hide over here. Yeah. And he did. I went and I hit over there until the thing died. And then I came back. I did and that he's too. like, thanks for your help. Part of my tactics was that I, let the, I let the death claw just chew up all these other guys. And they lowered it down to the point where I could actually do it. Because if you if you run and hide, it won't target you. It, it starts killing right. all, yeah, the, yeah. all the out. What are they? Outwalters. Whatever it is. The chat room says we're boring, Tim. Yes. So. Okay. <laughs> 
Thank you, and more questions from Gaz. I just I just don't play Fallout 4 <laughs> oh, at all. It's really I, good. I don't play any video I've games. I've never played any of the Fallout games, but I started playing Fallout Shelter on my phone. Yeah. And I really like Fallout he Shelter. He totally dominates that. He has actually maxed out the amount of uh, caps you ha- can have in the there game. There was an upgrade that allowed you to have more than a million. Oh, good. But then they got rid of it. Oh. I play World of Warcraft. That's so mean. I, right on. I play um, Half-Life mm-hmm. and Counter-Strike. And going back many, many years, I play Rune, which is a great, fun yeah, game. Yeah, that's a great game. I that's love that game. familiar. Rune was, uh, it was put out by, I don't remember who it was put out by, but it was, you were playing um, a Viking, and you were doing Viking stuff. Yeah. Nice. And they actually came, Atlas Games came out with a role-playing game for it, and yeah. the role-playing game is really cool. It's based on Ars Magica, and it has this awesome flowchart that Tyler's talked about a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you're supposed to rotate GMs. Right. And the flowchart tells you how NPC combatants should act. So going back to our whole improv thing, if you have that flowchart, it's awesome because it's like, step one, am I being attacked? Yes? Hit that guy. No? (laughs) Is one of my close friends being attacked? Yes? Hit that guy. Go hit that guy. No? Look for the closest person. You know, and you you go down this flowchart to to tell you what your NPC combatants should do in any situation. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. It's not improv, though. No, but but you know, <laughs> no, but you could you could totally use that. Yeah, yes. like What's if you're a bad at improv or you're not really practiced at it, that's a really handy or bad tool. at tactics. Well, that's where that's I find mean. it because right. my tactics are are. I'll bet you, I am a worse tactician than you are. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put money on that. I'll win you. I'll, I'll, I'll win I'll, you at bad. I'll tactics. fail so hard. <laughs> Boys, you boys, you're both terrible. It's all right. <laughs> it does. It does save me from the problem of having the all-knowing NPC because unconsciously you will sometimes submit information that you are privy to about yeah. the players into your NPC. Oh, see, I, don't, I don't have a problem doing that. I, I don't do. You just I don't don't do that I got to. I got to. Oh yeah, he wouldn't know that. Yeah, I've, I've, not, I've never really had a problem doing that. If the players come up with a. I'm, I'm pretty good at firewalling yeah. what the players came up with for their solution and what the bad guys know. Yeah. Good skill. <clears throat> yeah. I I just, well, I, I'm also terrible at tactics. Which helps too. <laughs> I think the only time I do that is once in a while during con games. Because like, you're in a hurry and you're trying to, like, all right, and then suddenly you're like, but, oh, and, uh, keep talking. Maybe they didn't pay attention to that point, and maybe they didn't catch it. Nope, they didn't catch it. All right, keep going. Keep going, <laughs> keep going. Metagaming. <laughs> Thank you, and more questions from Gaz. Gaz. All hail the gods and goddesses of RPG, hobby, banter, and pure awesomeness. Thank you. Uh, who's, who's that? He had us at hello, Gaz. Oh, uh, he's talking about us. Gaz here again. First right? off, I would love to thank you all for the advice you gave me in my last email. Awesome, you create and the awesomeness you create every week. And again, corrections to my name. It is not related to the Baz stuff from Dickens. That's actually Boz. Boz was Dickens' no, uh, like pen name when he was writing non-Dickens stuff. That Stork mentioned. I used to have an online name that was Gazardiel. Gazardiel? Gazardiel? Gazardiel. Gazardiel. Could be. <laughs> Which is a angel name for New Beginnings. However, the Twitch streamers I watched all had trouble pronouncing the name, so I made it Gaz. But what does that relate with? Oh, no, it is Gaz. It's not Baz. Okay. Um, Because, well, it sounded cool and was easy to pronounce. And yes, English is not my first language. I'm from the Netherlands, 
and dyslexic. So sorry about all the spelling and grammar mistakes. None that I've noticed so far. Yeah, you're no. actually doing all, all a lot better than All the mistakes have been my own reading. I wanted to write you with an update about uh, update how it went with my game and wrote about last email. And I wish I got, I got your great advice just a week before. See, I think he said it was in a hurry, and I, I put it as soon as I could. Um, because it kind of imploded on itself because... That careful player and me are extremely stubborn. Neither of us wanted to budge and only got frustrated at each other, ending up me closing my books and killing the session. Oh, that's no good. Uh, but not... you know what, though? I give you kudos oh, for oh, knowing... Oh, 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 Sorry, go ahead. I give you kudos for knowing that you have this problem and mm-hmm. you close the books before it turned into fistfights or, <laughs> or people started throwing stuff because I've been in games where people start behaving badly. This was the ogre and the hag... Where the hag was down underground, and they right. had the ogre up above ground, and they basically had kind of a standoff. They had kind of a standoff, like why would the hag come out? Well, she wouldn't, and right. I don't think I was on that episode, but you were giving advice on how to make that work. Kickstart some action. Yeah, yeah. how to kickstart some action. Bring the action. I am not proud of it, and I wish I used the idea that the hag shapeshifted into a bunny, because one of the Etten's rewards was something fluffy. Uh, but because it's not on the spell list of the Hag stat block I used, I never thought of it. I still have a lot to learn as a GM. <clears throat> but there is some good news. First, this was a one-shot. We tried to get new players trying out new classes, and we learned a lot. Next session is planned in a couple of weeks because of real-life stuff, and we are going to have a new session zero, laying down some base rules, creating new characters for all, and building the world together so we can all have some fun together again. However, I now have a couple of questions. First, starting off, is related to the last email. You had the great advice, but if the players don't want to come to the bad guy, make the bad guy come to the players. That is great advice. But usually, the bad guy isn't stupid either. A higher intelligent monster also knows that it has the advantage in its, in its lair. Or is it is at disadvantage on their turf and is thinking like a player would. I'm not going out there. Someone might have put something sharp out there. <clears throat> I mean, if the bad guy, if the bad evil thing is an object that is inside of a cave, yes, the players need to do the stupid thing and go inside the cave. But how would you handle it when the bad evil thing is a monster <clears throat> that can leave the cave but is not forced to? For example, dragons have huge caves and usually a walking entrance and a back door just in case, at least in my mind. Um, If the party sets up camp waiting for the dragon to come out of the main door to slay it, the dragon just uses the back door to leave and enter, gets its food or whatever. And well, ta-da, the back door has now become the main entrance and you're in a stalemate. How do you balance the strategic insight of the bad guys against the continuation of the story? Keep reading or stop? No, that's a very, very good point. And that's that's kind of ties in with my MPCs. Let's, my, let's my, stop there for now. smart yeah. NPCs right. that, that know too much. <clears throat> because this is the kind of thing that I would have planned out. Like, my dragon, of course it has two entrances. Why would it only have one? It's a, it's a super intelligent sure. creature. So, of course, it's going to have a back door. It may not be the best way in and out. But what what I would do is have it go out the back door and then come around and sneak up on the MP, on the PCs. For, is our sync good? It seems like it. I'm not okay. seeing anything about us not. The th- first thing that comes to my mind is... Does the dragon know that there are people staked out in the front? That's something you have to decide. Mm-hmm. The dragon is not just going to mysteriously not use... If it's always used the front entrance, 
It's not going to say, oh, I think I'm going to use the back entrance now for no reason whatsoever. Right. That's the GM kind of being kind of a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Unless there's something that tipped it off. Did they try to go in and realize, oh, this thing's too powerful to go outside. Let's set up an ambush for it when it comes out. Well, that's the player's kind of being dumb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes and no, but if they successfully hide long enough, the dragon will think he, they actually did leave. He's a dragon, after all. Sure. Scare the but if he away. needs to leave... Quickly, he mm-hmm. might go, eh, I'm going to be out there. Let's go out the back one. And then check around. But eventually, you're right. If they didn't do anything like to tip their hand, the dragon would have no reason to know that unless he's got some kind of spell or something that, yeah. would, that would tip him off. Yeah. So how do you balance the strategic insight of the bad guys against the continuation of a story? Dragons, they are ancient. They are super, super smart. And why do we always... Sally a dragon as a lone creature. Why isn't it going to have ghouls? Or some sort of minion of... Or some, some sort of right. minions. Or... Worshippers. I was just going to say, there have been a number of RPG supplements on dragon cults. Sure. Which are baby, baby dragons yeah. that are still or, really or, freaking or, scary. Yeah, little whelps. <laughs> yeah. Flying around. Oh, God, whelps. You ever watch Dragon Slayer? They're so cute until there's 25 of them and you're going to die. There's a scene in Dragon Slayer where the babies are feeding off the corpse of a dead virgin. (laughs) Awesome. But my point is, if your dragon, and it could be any really big, huge bad guy like that, like a huge ogre, he's probably going to have orcs that, you know, or goblins that run around and are like, oh, yes, master. Sure. Mm. Or humans. Or humans, yeah, you know, bad, evil humans. They're the ones who see the players on the outside and go into the back door and say, "Um, hey, boss. By the way, you, you got some dudes out front." And there's, but there, there would probably be some sort of interaction there. The party might notice. Oh shit! Right. These people have seen us. What should right. we do? Mm. Right. And plus, that gives you another layer to play with. It's not all of a sudden the players against a big, huge dragon. You've got the players figuring out, oh, there's a big huge dragon, and they have followers, so we should probably take the followers out first. We should probably take the ads out first. Yeah. I think we're getting really caught up in this specific example well, of a dragon. Yeah, totally. This I, feels I, a little bit like something that Tim has thought about, about and oh, yeah. is particularly annoyed by. Oh, right. No, let's, no, no, not annoyed by, but it's something I, I've given a lot of thought let's, to. Let's try this in broader strokes. Uh, uh, taking an example uh, from the Moat game, I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, it seemed that there was, there was a big bad guy who we brought to us, mm-hmm. because we wanted yeah. to fight him on our terms. <coughs> And Stu could easily have said, nope, doesn't affect him. You guys have to go into mm-hmm. this place to take him on. You could easily have done that, but you were always in the interest of keeping the game moving forward. So yeah. even though yes. or bad that character tactics. could have and probably should have sat there and said, nope, I'm going to make them come to me, you, for the, otherwise, the game gets boring. Well, the Windy Drawers, the Windy Drawers thing mm-hmm. come, well, comes that, to mind that's immediately. Another good that's one where I made, here's, here's his palatial estate. Where he's going to hold his grand cotillion mm-hmm. that he wants, that he's invited the party to, and all this other stuff. And the party's like, "Oh, we're not going to his place." Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. So I, I mean, I, I actually made out a big combat oh, yeah, map for the whole thing. And did you actually rip it up? Were you like, Whoosh. "Yes, I did." Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I'm like, "Well, <laughs> he was about halfway through the the combat stuff." He goes, "By the way, I had all this stuff planned," <laughs> right. and we were like. Sorry, Sorry. So, so, it, throws so it they, up in the air. but they came up with they came up with it a very reasonable plan to lure him somewhere else because they did, they didn't know who he was and he didn't well the, he didn't know who they were yet so they pretended that they were like 
wealthy landowners or something that where he was going to have some sort of a financial deal with them. Right, and he's uh, he was a prominent member of the town with a lot of money. If you guys right. have, have not listened, which which one was that? That was that uh, was not that was, that was not Worlds, wasn't it? That it was not. It was in Gerps. Gerps. Yeah. It was yeah. it was Infinite Worlds, and it was not recorded. Ah, all right. That was sort of pre-actual play. Yeah. Yes, era. Windy Drawers was not recorded. No, he's been on the podcast he's, a bunch of times. He's made a number of appearances. Yes, yeah, but but, but yeah. the oh. the. Um, by the way, the chat room has been asking for, uh, repeatedly for a GURPS actual play. Okay, all right. So we need to do a one-shot or something at least. Sure. The, yeah. No, can I I'm, get finished? I'm throwing my hat in the ring okay. for that one. Oh. <laughs> the, um, you have to look, getting back to his specific question, balancing strategic in, insight of the bad guys through the continuation of the story. I am of the opinion just as I say that a player should do what his character should do, and you sh- no one should tell him he can't do that, if the bad guy is in a situation where he knows what's going on, and it makes sense that he knows what's going on, and that he would be walking into a trap, I would not have him walk into that trap. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, if it ends up with a stalemate, there are ways you can force stalemates to end as a GM. You've got a lot of things that you can mm-hmm. work with. Mm-hmm. If it, let's, say, let's say we're, we're playing uh, Mode of Sin and... The Sabat come back and they decide we're going to take this one town and we're going to keep this town and you guys don't want to go into that town because fighting them on their turf would be too dangerous and they aren't going to go fight you on their turf. So we basically have a stalemate. They're over here, you're over here. There's tension, but neither side wants to wants to go and fight on the other side's turf. As a GM, how can you force their hand? That's easy. Okay, I'm in the town where all of the the tourists come. You're in the part of town that is only local residents. Maybe suddenly on that part of town, now that you have to only feed on, on local residents, word starts spreading that people are disappearing more often. Or maybe more people are seeing things that they shouldn't have seen. Maybe the masquerade is getting a little a little iffy over there. And, and suddenly, you're like, you know, we really need to get that, that other part of town back because that's where all the tourists come to. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe there, there are uh, vital supplies... For the rest of the town that come in on your on on that side, let's say that's where you know most of the food is imported from is imported in Pleasure Harbor, so they, which the Sabat own. The Sabat so that, make a siege. The basic situation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, basically they just say, you know what? Nah, we'll just leave it all here. We should. Um, and suddenly now you've got a smaller pool of people to feed on, and they're getting hungry. We we should. And um, there's all kinds of ways the GM could sit there and force you force it to a head. Make the repercussions of the stalemate bad enough where someone's got to do something. Maybe it's going to be the players. Maybe it's going to be the bad guy. But force that sta- force What that. What other things, do? Because I really don't want you talking like that about the moat. Because I've got those <laughs> ideas in your head. That if you can just not do that again, that'd be Well, just think. Uh, no, that's purely the thing. But, but I, the, the point is, if you if make the repercussions of that stalemate, Bad enough, and they would be. Eventually, yeah. there's going to be things that are going to happen that neither side is thinking of yeah. in that situation, and it's going to force one person, one side's hand to the other. What you have to do at a GM at that point is you have to start thinking about okay, you know how your evil bad guy thinks as far as the strategic insight and everything else. How does he think when he's under a lot of pressure? Yeah. When does he break? Mm-hmm. Though you, you can push it until when the party breaks, but if you only ever push it to when the party breaks, that's not really fair. 
You yeah. also have to mm-hmm. think about the mm-hmm. bad guy. He's under pressure too. He's got things that he wants plan. He's got planned. He's got he's got stuff that he wants to do, and now he can't do it because he's missing some of the resources because of the stalemate. At some point, where's his breaking point? Right. And you need mm-hmm. to know where that is because he might break before they do. And then when he does break, if he's a real smart guy, then you have to make sure that he tries to, when he gets on your home turf, he does whatever he can to sort of lessen the impact of that home turf, just as you would on his. Right. When does he decide to make his Hail Mary? <clears throat> exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, Stu. Have you ever just tossed the strategic inside of the bad guy out the window in, in favor of moving the story forward? Occasionally, usually it's with it's not with big bad guys. It's usually with smaller, okay, smaller things. But yeah, I mean, that's goblin, an option. Right? Goblins are not necessarily the smartest things on the planet, and they shouldn't be played like that. That's one of the reasons I think that I get I have a bad rep for tactics, is because a horde of goblins should not be known for being really tactically smart. Yeah, yeah. Which is why there are so many goblins in my game because, <laughs> <laughs> or or whatever you know. Yeah. Uh, second question is also a balance option, but not story related. It's players. I only have three for the D and D. That is a small party. Now, if a party is five or six and loses one player, they're still a formidable force. If one player goes down in combat, one third of the combat power is gone. If the player is a healer, then it's scrambling to get him or her up, and after combat, oh no. We are going to need a long rest, or else I will be useless. Right. Uh, I know that uh, toning down encounters is a thing, and I'm already building my combat for three players, and make sure that there is a variety in the combat, so that there is an, there are easy combats, hard as well as non-combat solutions if it fits, or if my players are creative. But you all know, especially stork dice can be a dick to you mm, every time. <clears throat> now for the actual question, a lot of you. Co- uh, a lot of you host con games and are players in con games. And at the beginning, or even to this day, uh, you have low player games. As we know, as we all know, <coughs> dice can be random, and Stork knows not all dice roll- rolls are great for you. <laughs> Stork knows. Um, what do you do when, after two hours of playing, a player dies or the magic character has become useless because they blew their big spell load because of crappy rolls, and hasn't had a chance to recover. Spell Still, <laughs> Still L- You were really hoping we'd just go right by that, weren't we? <laughs> Sorry. L-O-A-D. Uh, Still having two hours to go, and suddenly the party is crippled. We've had that happen. Uh, 5E, well, that was a big deal, which was mm. we would have combat, and then we'd spend like a day resting. Right. It happened all the time. That was like one of the faults of the game. We're like, bam, bam, Oh, now we can't do anything anymore. We're just going to set up camp right here. And we did. You guys did that. It's like there's, there's, a, there's a big door and there's like giants or something. Right. I don't remember what it was. And we like, you, kill, you killed them and you got in and you got up the stairs and you got up to this big door and you're like, we're spent. Yep. Let's camp out right, right here. here in front of this big door that we can't open. Right. And you were like, but that's part of the flaw of that game is... I can't do anything anymore. Yeah. And when we do push on, we got clobbered. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have any dailies anymore. You don't, you know, your healer right. is, has down to like his his like heal light wounds, and that's it. And yeah. Well, and I think uh, the hard thing about that too is like there, you, it, it makes you choose between like doing well and tactics right. sometimes because you're not going to. I mean, any smart adventurer is not going to go to that door and camp there. 
But it, so then it sort of brings in that metagamey thing. You're like, yeah, well, totally. we have to be powerful when we fight the dragon. But if you really got to that freaking door, if you were a real adventurer, you'd probably go through no matter what because you know that was the best shot you'd have. You just wander down the hallway. You certainly are not going to fall asleep in front of the big <laughs> door where you know the bad guy is behind. So <laughs> when, when that happened, did you did no. you take steps to no? Uh, okay. no. But that's I I let it go because why not? I, I also they were quiet when they and that's a big fault of that system, <laughs> which is you need to be you need to be fresh to combat the anything. ten minute because, work week because all of those it's true because all the encounters are structured around you being at full power. Right when you when you go through and you generate your monster, there's you know it says it's based around having your dailies and everything fresh. So it's, well, you know, actually the you're supposed to have a lot more combats in in D and D than we have. <laughs> The way, no, you are. The way the game is set up, you're supposed to have like four or five per session mm-hmm. combat mm-hmm. encounters, and and that may those all may take place in the course of one day. Yeah. yeah. So it is like fight after fight after fight. So you really have to conserve your daily yeah. stuff. Yeah. You're not supposed to blow it all. Ours yeah. at the time. There's only yeah. one combat per session, and it's usually a few days between sessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything. Why not? Boom. Nuke, Nuke it all. Right? right. Yeah. That's why I think. And I think someone actually wrote in about this. That's why even hard encounters in my game were almost a cakewalk. Yeah. Because the party never had to say, no, I want to save my daily. I yeah, wanna, I, I may need that now. later. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do we answer his question or do we not answer his question? <laughs> um, how, do you, how do you deal with <laughs> we it? We talked when, a lot. Yeah, we did. <laughs> oh, you know, when, when, when it gets cut down, I would just nerf it. I mean, if you've got someone who's not... Who's like used all his spells up? Give him an excuse to have a long rest. Yeah. Either they can retreat and go someplace, you know, safe. Maybe go find a clearing in the woods and camp overnight and come back if they need to. They're camped in front of the locked door. They can't get into anyway. Don't really not make the door open. Terrible idea. Really not bad idea. Yeah, I feel like if your players are dumb enough to do that, they sort of deserve to tie some cans on strings and put it in front of the door. Yeah. I think the dragon's out. I'm going to go haven <laughs> in the old lady's back porch. Right. I'll be safe. In a tent. In a tent. I'll be safe. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, that's what... And now, if a character was killed, I would just kind of maybe nerf the encounter or maybe don't nerf the encounter. Yeah. Maybe the story at that, at that point changes. If you're playing in a con game, I would just go ahead and go forward with it, maybe nerf the encounter a little bit. If you're playing in a, a a regular session, like it's your regular game, and this happens, one of the you got three players. One of the characters dies. The other two players, are like, oh, we lost our healer. Let's go back to town. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Go back to town. Hey, look, here's a new healer. Or D and D is actually supposed to be a game of of, of there's a, supposed to be a lot more resource management than a lot a lot of people put into it. Yes. And when you go back to early D and D and where it came from, in those situations. Everybody's now keep in mind in those situations you were usually in a mega dungeon and it right. was always like uh, we got to go back to town because we have to buy more healing potions and we have to resurrect our cleric. Well, yeah, I was going to say we always had quests for resurrection and yeah. or right. So you 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 know you pick up his body, walk back out of the dungeon, walk back down, throw him down on the altar. Here's my nine thousand exactly. gold. Just yeah. make him work again. You, would, you know, you spend we broke all our, the money we you broke just our got. You broke our cleric. <laughs> you fix him, we'll pay. We'll pay you. And and so there was a lot more of that which we don't do now in in, in current D and D as much. Right. So maybe maybe that's the answer is 
is get back more to that kind of old school feeling on that stuff. Some of the most fun I ever had was uh, going back and having your player either uh, resurrected because you couldn't afford uh, <clears throat> or reincarnated. Reincarnated, you, you come because back you, as a centaur or something. Or something. Or, yeah, but because you couldn't afford the resurrection or or even just anim- reanimate. Yeah. So you're a zombie now until you can afford to get resurrected. Yeah, was, um, the characters were a lot more. It was a lot more interesting at that point because you know magic is everywhere. Yeah. there's there's a temple in every town or a couple of them, and they can just heal you for for you know some coin. Right. So and then we were always spending our treasure before we ever amassed it, resurrecting our fallen fo- our fallen comrades. My my memory on this is hazy, but this was totally awesome. Uh, Queen of the Demon Web Pits. I think it was Queen of the Demon Web Pits. It might have been another module in that series, but you went to the abyss. And if you had a limb cut off, there was a spell where you could, you know, boop, make your limb come back. There was a table that if you cast that in the abyss, you randomly rolled on what it came back like. Like you get an insect arm? Like you get an insect arm or a tentacle Ew. or a claw or something like that. So because we were kids and we had a chaotic evil party, we always like would hack our limbs off and then specifically go there to have the spell cast. <laughs> So that we would grow back, you know, tentacles or, or something. <laughs> Yay. Do you, do, you, any, do you ever find the head of Vecna? No, 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 no. Or the lost keys of Entuzler? <laughs> no. We, I, even, even I never played around with the Vecna stuff. I mean, that's, that's just bad. <laughs> that's just awful. That's just bad. Uh, now my last question. In the beginning of the email, I told you I live in the, in the Netherlands. Netherlands. And I love to play RPGs. Uh, now that you have that lonely event called JackerCon, however, I think that's lovely event. Lovely event called JackerCon. <laughs> however, there are games in JackerCon that have some Euro-friendly times. Yes, there are. There are mm-hmm. because after eight hours of work, staying up until three a.m. to play, then not sleeping another eight-hour workday, it's not ideal, and I'm afraid I will fall asleep during the game. Yeah, there there usually are. Yeah. There usually are. Again, thanks for all the great and awesome work you do. Uh, your podcast is the highlight of my week. Yeah, I know. It's sad. Aww. Aww. And listening to you ramble is a highlight. Thank you very much. Gaz, I, the, G, the DM. I think DT Pints stays awake for all of the games. He does. He's like, all yes. of them. I, I, all the games. But he he's like a crab fisherman, yes. and they stay up for 48 hours anyway, yeah. so it's just like, this is actually shorter than his work week. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, P.S. Looking forward towards watching you stream the actual plays and not just hearing you, also seeing you play. Tomorrow um, at 1. And watching us eat. Uh, and yeah, drinking. I want to give some extra They're compliments. actually Twitch channels totally just to that. People sit and eat and drink and people watch them and comment and chat. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not How kidding. Do I it's, get called, on that? it's called social eating. I'm totally getting in on Social that. eating. That's what, it's a thing. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> How lonely is your life where you have to go to Twitch and have people no, start talking to you? No, people pay you to do it. Are there social eating experts? I'm in. They, I guess, because people subscribe to their channels. And is this going to be like My Dinner with Andre, where you just sit and eat and talk to people? My Dinner with Andre really <laughs> is a good movie, though. You're kidding, really right? is a good movie. No. I'm totally doing that. No, I'm really I not. I can, I can get paid to have my dinner. That's no, a thing. That's awesome. <laughs> I want to get paid to eat. <laughs> You're good at it. How is this not happening yet? Are you on Twitch? I'm going to be as soon as I get home. Okay. Yeah, it's I order a pizza, set up a traditional channel, eat pizza, eat and talk pizza. to people and drink. Yeah. Oh, it's great pizza. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Eating pizza. 
<laughs> Sorry, Stu. Go ahead and finish your P.S. P.P.S. Uh, I want to give some extra compliments on the audio quality of your show, and I will and will be looking forward to seeing it improve uh, with the new audio equipment and tweaking. Yes, I bought a new board. We have Yay, a, a new boards. a new soundboard now, so the equipment over here is a little less ungainly. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. Gainly soundboard. I get it. It's a PPS drink. Uh, can you grab me another Diet Coke out of the. Yes, I can. I don't have anything to drink. I always yeah. drink when they tell me to drink. Yeah. It's always a good, always a good plan. It is. Especially if you have mm-hmm. a food channel. Yeah. So thank you, Gaz. Mm-hmm. Did people just. Well, of course, they just drink and go on Twitch. <laughs> people just drink and do all kinds of things. Yeah, they do. The food roulette. That would be super popular. Now, is there are there cooking Twitch channels? Yes. Okay, that would be something that would be interesting if you got like people who know know how to cook. Yeah, it's chicken. With with pez. With pez. (laughs) Am I I good again? Mike's Mike's okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah, yeah, pretty much. uh, There's there's Twitch channels for cosplay, which is something I'm considering doing, like streaming cosplay, like prep. Like you know, like as you're sewing and stuff, oh, you show so like, how you do this it. This is how I make, you yeah, know, this my is Wonder me. Woman armor. Okay, yeah, something like that. Um, there's Twitch channels. I found one the other day. He's called the Two Bit Drummer. Um, I think that's or Eight Bit Drummer. Sorry, not Two Bit. Eight Bit Drummer. And <laughs> the Two Bit Drummer. <laughs> <laughs> but he has a setup, and people, um, you can. There's programs you can use for Twitch that people can request songs. So they send him songs, and he drums along to the songs that he's never heard before. And it's actually he's amazing. And he records it all, and he had like so many people watching. It's just absolutely insane. You can pretty much watch people do just about anything that's like not. I wonder if you can get a whole jam session with Twitch. Everybody has a Twitch channel, and you just have a whole band. And you come up with a song right then and there. Yeah, there's a there, well. There's Twitch Creative now, so people do a lot of music stuff on there. People have like stream their band rehearsals. Does it say Twitch your Poggy Poggy Boxers? Poggy Boggers rehearsal. Yeah. That would Twitch, your we're gonna be, well. This afternoon, we're going to be recording scratch tracks. We can we can Twitch our scratch. Tracks. You totally could. <clears throat> Except it's like really boring. It's, yeah, nope. Do it again. Nope. Do it again. Yeah. You know nope. What? Do it again. Well, and you have to interact with the chat room. That's the thing while you do it. Uh, so otherwise, you have it's like, to. Oh, I could watch TV. But yeah. These guys. Yeah. Well, but, but it would be kind of interesting for people that have never created an album before to know what a scratch track is, how you lay one down. Yeah. So yeah, for the ten people out there that want to, you know, make a. A live album that might be interesting to them. You can't judge what's interesting to other people. You got to set it up and then throw it out there and see what happens. Yeah. I don't know what a scratch track is. Scratch track is a track that you put down uh, when you're recording something mm-hmm. that you're not going to use in the final recording. It's a- usually what you'll do is you'll set up a drum track or something, and then you'll have someone come in and play guitars over whatever the song is, and then you'll have your vocalist go in and sing to that, so they're singing in tune. Then you'll have other people put the other instruments on top of it, and that original guitar track will go away and get re-recorded. It basically sets a beat. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It, g- it gives you it gives you tempo and pitch reference for yeah. all the. Rest so of the it's instruments. it's 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 like a frame that you hang everything exactly. on, and then later replace the frame. Exactly. exactly. Okay, I get it. Yeah, wow. that's what it is. In in film scores, <laughs> they'll sometimes take another film score and put it in a scene just so there's music just in so the background, music. and okay. that's and it kind of mm-hmm. sets. And sometimes they're picky about what they find, and it kind of sets the tone for the actual composition towards the end because that's the last thing that gets done. But when you're when you're is cutting it really a movie, scoring is the last thing. It's one of the last. When you're cutting a movie, added. you need the music in there to to edit to. So yeah, they're, they're they have to put. Oh, that, I guess that kind of makes sense because the guy who's writing it says, "Okay, this scene is." 
45 yeah. seconds long and it needs to swell here and I need to write something. I, that makes well, sense. And, and it has to be changed based on the editing of the film. Right, even. right. The, mu- so. the music dictates how you edit the film. You want the music to swell when their tears start to come out. You, you can't just have it empty there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it, 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 you, the editor's trying to figure out how, to, how this impact works and how to, how to make this scene work. Right. And the music is the thing that brings it together. You have to have something there temporarily just so that people don't go... No one's buying this. She's crying. It's not. Nobody's believing this. You know, yeah. right? There's no music. So that's why um, one of my friends, Mary McCreary, is a composer, and that's why it's really hard for, especially um, composers who are working on television shows, because they have such a short turnaround. Yeah. Because it's like boom, the you know the the show has to be edited pretty much, and that's what they they like they work on the music, but then they have to change it all when the final cut of whatever it is done oh, yeah. is done. So. Did you ever see well, Forgetting Sarah Marshall? <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Dramatic tones. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I can mention this now because it's coming up. Mm-hmm. Episode four of Hell's Kitchen, mm-hmm. the current season that's on right now. Mm-hmm. The Boggards are on episode four. Yay! Four oh my gosh! Is it four. Okay. I think it's four. Do you know what? I watched last season. Like Me I've gone, too. I've gone through every single episode twice. Going, how did I miss them? How? Where did they? Come? Do you realize we recorded that almost two years ago now? Yeah, that's how far ahead they record that yeah, show. Yeah, absolutely. It's they do two seasons a year, which I didn't know, but they were they they record way far yeah. ahead. Yeah, I was so, I was in I was in the studio audience for one of the episodes. Oh, really? Yeah, you can actually see me for two seconds when they pull back a. Brilliant. Uh, That's uh, about uh, what, how much screen time we'll get. Yeah. A curtain right over Gordon <laughs> Ramsay's head. Yeah. He's yeah, much taller in person. Dude, dude's huge. He's, and he's, he's super ripped. He's like 6'4 or 6'5". He shook my hand, tall. too. I still haven't watched He it. smells good. Did yeah, you notice he, that? He he's smells good. good. Yeah, did you Betty see his does. feet? Huge feet. Oh, yeah. He's got monstrous big feet. <laughs> I was like, damn, dude. Huge. Of course he does. There's stuff. There's like... Stew. But... The episode four, which I believe they had two episodes now. I just watched so the not, first one last night. Yeah, was that was that the first? No, they've aired the second one though, right? I, I watched it on Hulu, so okay. I, I, I think the second one's aired, so in two episodes. But episode two four, two episodes. episodes. When they start talking about pirates and fish as being the the main ingredient, that's us. Oh, uh, that's so hopefully awesome. you'll, you'll you'll hear. And that and the reason I bring that up is because. We, they, they said, okay, here's what we're thinking of, da, 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 here's the amount of time we're going to have. And we sat down and we modified a bunch of existing songs we have, mm-hmm. uh, original and traditional stuff, and made them about fish and wrote <laughs> eight of them, I think, because right. there were eight choices of eight fish. Eight different fish, yeah. And then we get there and they're like, oh, no, these are way too long. We're like, and no. like It's like, so you guys work on them and cut them down in length. And <laughs> they had, I mean, they had to be like, it just had like five months. to eight seconds. Yeah. Like really a short. Is a fish is a fish. A fish. So we start. So we're, we, it's, you guys sit down and work on that. We'll come get you when we're ready to shoot. The guy walks out the door. No shit. A minute later, walks back in and says, "Okay, we're ready for you." <laughs> so, so your songs are like salmon. <laughs> no. Slightly longer than that. Slightly longer than that, but not much. Not much. Halibut. We, we I, really didn't that's... make it work, though. We, we did make it work. And what we did is we scrambled, and we were talking to each other. Well, what we can do with this Which song? As we're slowly walking out through the big grand talking about, entrance, talking about improv because we were ter- I was terrified. Oh man! It worked out. We'll see what they. We'll see. And what he doesn't like to up. edit, so oh, well, no. I, whatever happened happened. I'm so glad that it hasn't happened yet because I've been dreading coming in here and going like. 
dude, I totally missed your episode. I feel so bad. Like, how am I an idiot that I missed no, it? No, we, we have not been able to talk about it because it's... Yeah. You know, in fact, secret. we've already probably peeked behind the curtain too much for people. Like, they shoot those ahead of time? This isn't real time? It's like, it was two years well, ago. He's been... I mean, that's why he's able to do these that. other things. Yeah. There were a that's why he has eight different TV shows. Right. Oh, it, it's, a, a it's a big deal, too, because Facebook, so. the people who do it, they sleep... They're, like, oh, cloistered yeah. and yeah. put on a bus and they're Ostensibly, they can't comment on it. Well, yeah, <laughs> but they they don't let. I know that not, from the TV uh, a cooking competition Reddit that I follow. Oh, really? And every once in a while, it's not that show; it's another show. Um, the, his uh, Master Chef yeah. show, which I love. That That's show. a great. There's show. been yeah. a couple times where people on the Reddit forum have found that some of the people who are on it are actually oh look, he's in that TV show too. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> oh, so, there was a. Um, this is crazy, but one of the um, one of the winners of. Uh, one of Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. He was actually on Dancing with the Stars. No, no, no. The cooking show that came from Japan. Master, Iron Master, Chef. Iron, Iron Chef. Chef. Iron yeah, was, they do that a, a lot. A, a sous chef on Iron Chef for a couple episodes before he went on Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Which I was like, are, There's actually a, are you telling me reality television isn't real? <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, but I, there is Stu, actually like story. a yeah. TV chef cooking competition. Like, there's, that's a thing. So yeah. like, a lot of the people who've been on Top Chef or something then come on as, uh, you know, they, they start working on other shows or they are enter other yeah. competitions. But some of them do actually plant actors who I have no idea if their food is actually good. But <laughs> Well, I imagine if you're being a sous chef... On a show in the background, you're probably an actual chef. Mm-hmm. No, that is, mm-hmm. yeah. Because if you're not on, if, if, if your screen time is always in the background, I would imagine you're mm. actually you're a pr- chef. You're, you're a dude, yeah. yeah. You're, you're doing what it is supposed to do. Yeah. The general consensus is there are actual contestants. People who are there and are, have applied, and they're usually the winners, but they usually lace the casts with actors and stuff to make sure that they have interesting personalities. Right. And it's and always like more that. entertaining when, especially with, with him, yeah. with Gordon oh, Ramsay, if the person is doing a bad job cooking. No, that's the thing. <laughs> they have. I think on Hell's Kitchen they hire stupid people <clears throat> because I watched the first episode. I'm dead serious. Or watched, actors who can play stupid people. Or actors no. who play. Because I watched the first episode and on their signature dish challenge someone used um, canned clams and they and oh, they yeah. didn't, and they didn't make didn't, their own pasta. Yeah. It's like how many episodes has he done this and you don't do that? I well, mean, it's like it's like American Idol, uh, the uh, the auditions are actually like the second or third round of auditions yeah. that you see. They let in the best and the worst. Yeah, totally. Because they want it to be interesting and people And, and I know with Project Runway, they keep the broken toys around or they or they yeah. put them in and bring them in as designers because it's it's much more fun if you have Absolutely. a somebody that likes is prone to temper tantrums in the yeah. in the workroom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Makes yeah. more interesting television. Yeah. All right, so the chat room's like uh, blah. Yeah. <laughs> PC versus PC conflict from Talon. Someone read it. I'll read it. On the subject of PC versus PC conflict, I have found that keeping dice as far away from that SHIT helps immensely. When Mika, uh, Mika my fiance, and her best friend Amanda first played, they ended up in a bar fight. Good job. Mika was a dragonborn fighter, Charisma 8, wielding an executioner's axe. And Amanda was an elf ranger half her size. They were both drunk in game and in real life. (laughs) So when Amanda stated her character, Airwolf, swung at Mika's character, Stab, and then uh, they both proceeded to stare at me as if I'd started it. And then said, and and I said, and then, in the style of uh, Tappy's only foreign accent. (laughs) And 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 then, and then... I sound like Scooby-Doo when I do it. I can't do it. Uh, There you go. (laughs) 
Uh, 15 minutes of amazingly drunk roleplay later, Stab and Airwolf had made it from inside of the bar and in, out into the streets as I narrated a crowd of sailors and citizens that had gathered to cheer them on. Not a single dice was thrown. Thankfully, that shit hurts. Additionally, both characters ended up forming a bond afterwards. In my opinion, asking PCs to roll when trying to affect character uh, is a cop-out. <clears throat> I, I think that's the correct... Turning the page. Spelling. Spelling. Yeah. If a player is going to create party drama, then role-play that. And yes, that means trying to kill characters off as well. Players know when the rest of the entire party has had enough of their shit. So he really likes that word. He does. So make, uh, so make up and help fix the problem. Man they, up. Oh, so man up. Sorry. It does affect the sense. Yes, it totally does. <laughs> so man up and help fix... By the way. Okay. Sorry. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh-oh. And help Triggered. fix the problem. <laughs> Are you about to woman up? <laughs> I am about to woman up. <laughs> And help fix the problem <laughs> when they all start beating you uh, in your sleep with slo- with soap and socks. <laughs> That's code, from uh, Code Red, Full Metal Jacket, Full Metal yeah. Jacket, or uh, or um, um, men, <laughs> Gomer, a few good men, or pile, 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 pile. pile. So, uh, uh, sin merely, Talon. Same as sin merely. It's Polish. Okay. Uh, watch uh, someone uh, say that and say Polish, and I need to polish off this whiskey. I think he meant to watch somebody mess it up and say Polish instead of Polish. Yeah. Like, yes. It's Polish. What? It's Polish. It's Polish. Like in the East Polish. Coast, it's, it's Polish. Yes. Now, I don't know about combat. I think combat, you, that needs to be... You need to have dice. Yeah. There's a game system that's already built for doing that. Let's yeah. go ahead and just let's, use Let's it. use those when rules. When you're talking about, I'm going to roll my convince skill... To convince another PC, I, I I generally tend to agree. We've talked about PC versus PC conflict with that kind of with social skills before, and I think the consensus was use the skills more to help. Like if I'm going to try to convince Stork's character to do something, and I'm a social character, I roll my 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 convince roll or whatever it is. It doesn't convince you. It maybe allows you the player to give me some insight into why your care what might cause mm-hmm. your character mm-hmm. to change his mind so I have a, a a tactic I can use for that conversation but it shouldn't determine it I think go ahead no okay I think PC versus PC conflict is awesome and I think if it happens it's great especially when it's role played well um, I, I think that you should probably whenever possible Stay away from PC to PC combat, uh, but that probably boils down to my personal views on, 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 on fighting. But uh, but you stay away from it. But if it happens, I think you need to follow the combat rules. I mean, like there are a number of times, and I say this with all love to you that I have, Stork. Mm-hmm. But there were a number of times where my hand has been inches away from grabbing dice and rolling them and firing <laughs> you off a little slack that says, I'm just going to punch him in the face. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I can't, I'm going to punch him right, I'm going to jump, I'm going to crawl up his leg and punch him in the face. But I, I think you want to try and stay away from actual PC-on-PC combat whenever you can. I, I don't think that helps the role play in the game at all. But, but sometimes it happens. It depends. And when it does... And the thing is, that is, why do we have game mechanics 
is to, is to take situations that, that have an unclear outcome yes. and give them a clear outcome. Right. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you have a situation where you have two player characters that are saying, we need to go left. No, we need to go right. And they're getting to the point, and it gets to the point where they're actually going to fight over it. Use the combat mechanics. Have them fight over it. The guy who wins the combat, guess what? We're going left. Or it's, when you're, one you're, character is being super disrespectful to the obvious prince empress of the islands <laughs> and she deserves more respect right. than that. <laughs> yeah. See, I but, think but, it's important though to And you manslap him. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it called manslapping? Well I <laughs> want to call it bitch slapping because it might take exception. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> but oh, dear. good point. Um, but I think that um, walked right into it. Yes. yes. He's, he's going to general Here, neutral slap my, somebody. There's money in there. <laughs> 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 Unzip it. Go that way. Here. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, pull the curtain. Pull the curtain. Yeah, I brought. I brought. Shut the door. That's good. That's good. No, 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 no. No. Stop. No. No. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you. Super professional. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. I heard the music a few minutes ago. I'm like, it's coming. It's coming. Saturday mornings, the ice cream, ice cream truck drives by, and the kids up always... In, up until my ear my ear damage, I had pretty good hearing. And I would sit in the house watching TV or something, and Alec, can I have a dollar? For what? Ice cream. I don't, I'm like listening. No I'm listening. And all of a sudden, way out the distance, this tiny, tiny thing. It's got to be a block away. Yeah. Oh, and at like, least. Oh, my God. And got little kids, they're hearing. Pavlovian. Yeah. Until you start screwing with it, their hearing is fantastic. Yeah. But getting anyway, back to the point. Yeah. But getting back to the point, <coughs> I think it's important to include the role play. Like, uh, like, you have to kind of explain what exactly are you doing, making it interesting. But you, you have to have the mechanics there. Because two people are not going to roll... I mean, there are systems, I guess, that allow you to do that. And even LARPing has, has some sort of mechanic to determine like what mm-hmm. whose hit lands first or hardest. Mm-hmm. So like, if Stork and I had tried to role-play out that combat the other day, how without that dice roll would we know who hit better? You can't, there's no f- really fair way to adjudicate it except right. with the dice. You, yeah. get, you get down to, I totally hit you. No, you didn't. But you, yes, you did. Yeah, no, like, none of that succeeds well, as in childhood role-play? I don't know if that would happen... At, at our tables, I think people would probably let the let the true narrative inform we, it. But we're fortunate but generally that we speaking, with mature people. But general, but it's still a, a fairer way to. Yeah, it is. What you tend to do, this is just to sort of sum this up because you do this all the time. You just forget that you do. Is that you let them role play up to a point, and I've heard you even say like, "You're going to need to roll some dice now." Yeah, right? mm-hmm. yeah. You mm-hmm. get to a point where you decide, all right, they, you know, because you could easily have said, "I slap him." Mm-hmm. And it would have been fine because that's all that I was going for. It mm-hmm. wasn't going to turn into a full-on hit. I mean, right. and and that would have, that would have still progressed the story forward. Right. But but you were very good at at letting them role play up to a point where you go, um, you know, uh, if you're really going to pull your sword out and hit him, um, you're going to have to roll, and we're in combat. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I just think it's fair. Yeah. Well, and it shows like how well you're role playing your character because I really didn't know. How your character would necessarily react to that? Right. I was kind of hoping for that. Well, thanks for that, but I would because like with a bar fight, you could role play that out without them ever having sure you know combat rules come out and stuff because because yeah. really it's a it's a role playing event where they're getting to know each other kind of thing and that's I, I think that's fine but again it's up to you to go 
if you're actually going to pull your sword out and swing at the bartender, now we're in combat. Yeah, yeah. And, it was know, all fun and games up till now. Yeah, like they could like like maybe it started that way, or like in this particular example, the the bar fight. Like they push, they push. All right, I'm, I punch him, and if they're both like. You know, one of them, so, they said it was Dragonborn. That's probably not going to hurt a Dragonborn super badly. But then one, if they start getting angrier, one of them, like, breaks a bottle in the bar. Right. Like, suddenly, like, it gets real. It's right. up to the GM. I, I don't think you should immediately start in combat in a situation like this. I think you should let it go up to the point, up to a point. And I can't tell you when that is, when you actually need yeah. to drop dice. But Because I, I think it's more interesting and things happen quicker. And sometimes... Like a bar fight is really just a kind of a character thing. It's a kind of a get to know you thing in this case, you know, because they they come swinging. It's like in, in the Quiet Man. If if that big fight scene, if they'd actually literally killed each other, that would they wouldn't have the big ending at the end where he sits down at the table and they're drinking. It, there's a point, I guess, where you can bring it in, but I think you need to wait. Let it role play out to a point where you then need to drop dice. I've said that yeah. five times. So well, and watch your players because <laughs> in our example from our last game, like I pulled out the dice, yeah, yeah. and I was like, I'm going to hit Stork, and I will your character. I said I'm going to hit Albert. Um, but so it's like if your players are at a point where they want to roll the dice, yeah. like let that happen. Yeah, I guess that was one of those times when my fingers were just like an inch from ready. I was yeah. I was hovering over the dice, just waiting. <laughs> I pretty much figure you're ready to hit me at all times. <laughs> no, you're not over here. Like you. I hate it when you're right. I hate it. I hate it when you're right. Scully I hate it when you did that. Scully's I hate it that you about Yeah, yeah, not not me, Scully. Yes, and but, no, because sometimes he just wants to try and use you for his own ends. Yes, there's also those. Things. I hate also it that. when he doesn't let me do that. <laughs> Questions about gaming systems from Marco. Uh, greetings, Happy Jackers. What? Marco Polo. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love the podcast. I love the Polocast. I've been, polo cast, yes. I've been deployed since March, and I'd like to let you know that your podcast has kept me sane all these long days, and especially on the days that I needed a good laugh. Thank you for Thank your service. Thank you for your service. Yes, yeah. very much. And again, I'm astonished at how many people in the military listen to this podcast and love role-playing games. Yeah. 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 Uh, you guys are crazy, entertaining, and inspire me as a GM. Thank you for that. Thank also, you. I hope that you guys had a blast at Strategicon. Always. Oh that my God. said, yeah. I have a quick question for you. Hmm? Question the first. I've been reading The Expanse by James S. A. Corey. Oh, it's so good. And the GM part of my brain is going crazy with right? game camping right? ideas. Uh, I'm reading a Trapper game. <laughs> Stu read them all. Uh, I, I he made me read them all. We've all read The Expanse. Yeah, they're fantastic. I, I haven't. It's New book list. comes out December. Oh, really? Yep. All right. Uh, what system would you recommend, or rather, what system would you use to run an Expanse-inspired game? <laughs> I know what Stu's going to say. <laughs> what take a game drink am if I you don't mind. To run a, <laughs> I believe I'll take two. <laughs> really? Not GURPS? No. Traveler. I, I get that. Because that's what you're doing. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's... And the new, ver- the new Shiny just came out, which is the new version of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, but I, think Tra- Traveler, I think Traveler, it's a science fiction-based role-playing game mm-hmm. that has... Various tech levels, and you can dial in. Like we're playing Tech Ten, just when jump happens, but you could dial it back to Tech Nine, and you know you've got domed where, cities on other planets. And where stuff. would the breakpoint be when you would say, "I want to run a science fiction game," uh, but I don't think I'm going to use Traveler. I think I'm going to use GURPS instead. Well, you know what? For something like this, which is pretty much hard science fiction, mm-hmm. um, GURPS gives you. I haven't read the whole book yet for the for Traveler, so I can't say that it doesn't give you this. But I know in GURPS that, like, okay, what what are the rules for vacuum exposure? And what, what are the rules for this? And 
a lot of that stuff is there because yeah, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> if it's not in the basic books, it's in the it's the, yeah. it's, it's in the space. I can't remember what it's called. There's a space uh, world book. I think it's called Space. I think it is. But space. It's a good title for that. It is. They, they, they tend to like. They're pretty. Pretty generic. self-explanatory and generic. With their like, generic <laughs> What's, what's their horror book called? GURPS Horror. horror yeah. Right. Where can you get, you know, low-tech weapons? Yeah, GURPS, GURPS Low, low Tech. tech. <laughs> the only reason I would go <coughs> for GURPS in my mind is that, I don't want to spoil the books, but they're, uh, you need to have a huge disparity in tech level. I mean, because there's, there's, a, yeah, oh, there's yeah. something that is so far beyond yes. where they're at that I'm not sure Traveler covers that. It could, it could. I mean, a lot of that stuff. I think the stuff you're talking about uh-huh. in that <clears throat> is going to exceed the limits of almost any game system. That's why I thought GURPS would be good because mm. you can just—it's it, almost effing magic. Is, is it, yeah, it is. is it is it like a uh, tech level disparity? Is that it's so great? It's a that, huge tech level disparity. Like amazing. Like I, I really don't want to say, but yes, it's a huge that's a, tech level. And that's disparity. the thing that sticks in my mind because you could then just pick and choose whatever you wanted from the GURPS book and make it. Applicable because it's effing magic. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. The closest thing you have to a magic system in in Traveler is psionics. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, those are two I would look at. It really depends what you're going for. Because the thing is, uh, reading the book, the book seems a little pulpier to me than the TV series. Mm. If you go by the book, you could run it. You could run it in Traveler. You could even run it in Savage Worlds or something like that if you wanted to. If you were going to play the way the TV series plays, which is really gritty, yeah, I would run it. I would run it in GURPS, and I would give everyone low point characters mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. like you are just mm-hmm. so uh, everyone is out of their league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the book, <laughs> the book is much more Savage Worlds. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's, there's a lot of sort of hand waving of of, of act suits and stuff. It's in there, but it's not. It, there's the no that, uh, real ramifications. I, <clears throat> I f- actually find some of the characters more likable in the books than I do in the well, yeah, in the series. Avasarala, in the books, she is my favorite character. When she is when she is on screen in the books, mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm com 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 I just love it. She is awesome. She's my, my favorite character. Don't like her in the in the movie. In the movie, she's much colder, um, more calculating. Because the book, she's almost comedic. She is. Yeah, she is. And, uh, my favorite was the Marine. And profane. Mm-hmm. She's so profane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the Marine is my second. Yeah, but character. she's. But it's basically uh, Brianna Tarth. It's the it same is character type. They, in fact, they probably should use the same actress. Yes. <laughs> um, the chat room is uh, suggesting Savage Worlds as well. Well, yeah, Savage Worlds. If you were going to go with the tone of the book, you could totally go Savage Worlds because it's yeah. a little. The book, to me, is a little more lighthearted than the TV series. Mm-hmm. The TV series is really going for the hardcore dystopian sci-fi, mm. whereas the series kind of skirts that, but is more. It doesn't. It doesn't go. It doesn't, it doesn't become like space opera, mm. but it does. It is more sort of action-packed, and it, it, mm-hmm. it's probably a little more on the pulpy side. So, but if that's your frame of reference, is reading it, you could, you could, Savage Worlds in this one case would be an acceptable. My, system. my first reaction, <laughs> my first reaction to this would have been to actually. I, I, I can, I can, I can feel them 
burning their pitchforks. All I love poking in the sandwich rolls. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good system. It's a good system, and it could you could do that totally. My my first. Oh, sorry. Reaction. The chat room is insisting that I give credit to Kadave, who gave out the savage rolls suggestion in the chat room. I'm sorry for just saying the chat room. I'm supposed to call out names. Oh, it was Dave. It was Dave. So uh, there's first, a seat right there. You, yeah. Why aren't you here? <laughs> you can't. He's got he's got a tribe to feed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, my first reaction was actually, if they really wanted to do the research, was to go and find the old space opera game system. Because wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, no, you see that, but, but nowadays, that stuff isn't that hard anymore. I mean, rolling up the characters and stuff. But it, no, it addresses, it's, it's, it's exactly worse. that kind of world. <laughs> Dude, it's worse, because we're not used to, to it. it. Okay, I'll just say this. I kicked in for the RuneQuest Classic Kickstarter. Yeah. Thinking, oh my god, this is great. I get RuneQuest back. I'm so excited about this. I can't wait to run a game. I started reading through it. I was like... Oh my god, how did I ever play this yeah. when I was a kid? It's yeah. nothing but charts, <laughs> charts and math and my rules. God, and, it's full and of charts. <laughs> like, nah, I, I understand. Because <clears throat> uh, I was thinking that too. I was thinking, wow, it sounds like space opera, but. <laughs> uh, that was Marco. Thank you very much, Thank Marco. You. Polo. Uh, response to Salty Guy from Gurkuman. I think it's my turn. It is. is. <clears throat> now, I, go ahead and start reading, and I'll interrupt you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so different from any other email, huh? But I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's him interrupting you, not yeah, you interrupting yeah, him. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Stutaneous. Like right now. Oh, <laughs> nice. Oh, thank you. Good one. Oh. Hi, Stutanian and the Jacker Hounds. Insert. Oh, I'm sorry. Hell's Kitchen, episode five, not four. You oh, were correct. Yeah, I know better than to correct you, so I just let you... Here's enough rope. And it will air <laughs> Friday, October 21st at 8 p.m. on Fox. Be there. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting Stu. Anyway. Okay, darn it. Oh, well. All right. Hi, Stutanian and the Jackerhounds. Insert annoyingly catchy or catchily annoying theme music here, and he provides a link... For some YouTube music he wants to have played. He supplied his own music. I he did. <laughs> there's a, 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 a soundtrack for this email. <laughs> Firstly, <laughs> thanks again for reading my previous email and for confirming that I was partially responsible for my GM horror story. Not getting that section A in section one was a Futurama reference, though. For shame. Oh. But on to business. Part one a rebuttal to Salty Guy. Two weeks ago, a salty guy sent in an email to the podcast complaining about Stu's dislike of D&D. Both are entitled to their opinions. What frustrated me about the email was that it implied that D&D was all about treasure hunting, fighting, and min-maxing, something that Stu seemed to agree on. The difference in opinion was whether it was a good thing or not. I've played D&D from 3.5 all the way to 5th, and Pathfinder, also known as D&D 3.75, and I've had good experiences in all of them. All it takes is a DM and a party that enjoys character roleplay and a balance of combat and non-combat situations, and things tend to work out. Even combat doesn't have to be long, since you can simply make the enemies deadlier without being HP-soaking tanks. Again, this is not trying to say that Salty Guy is wrong for playing in a stats-crunchy way, or Stu is wrong for preferring other systems. I'm just trying to show that D&D has its place in the style of RPGing that Happy Jack's RPG podcast advocates, since, in my opinion, the style of role-playing is dependent more on the personalities of the RPG group and less on the system itself. I'm sure a murder-hobo group could turn fate into a Tomb of Horrors-esque dungeon dive, 
Though I'm not sure I'd personally want to see it. I wonder what aspects Aserac, the Demi-Lich, would have. Anyway. I believe it's Demi-Lich. Oh. <laughs> and it would have aspects of phylactery, like all liches do. <laughs> liches love the phylactery. Ah, this is funny. Part 1-0. Binary joke. Huh, that's because 1-0 and binary. I'm glad you're here. <sighs> my first joke. Or my first... Ca- Oops. <laughs> My, <laughs> my first character. I wanted to regale a story to you all, but as I need to do more remembering on my GM and player horror stories, I thought I would talk about my first ever character. It's a happy story for me. Well, I can't find his email. Remember I told you I was going to interrupt you? Because <laughs> uh, he responded. The, guy, the salty guy oh, responded. Oh, salty guy responded, yeah. And he, he basically was like, yeah, I was just kind of fucking with him. Talking about me. But... And, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I can't find his email. Damn it. Oh, well. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. That's okay. Never mind me. Uh, I thought I would talk about my first ever character. It's a happy story for me since it was a fun experience, but not happy for him. But then we were playing Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 2nd Edition, which is a great game. Is it? I think that is the pinnacle of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay is 2nd Edition. Really? A lot of miniatures. No, no, no. That's 3rd Edition. Oh. Second edition was put out by Green Ronin and Green Ronin. Black Publishing Enterprises, <laughs> I think. Black, black a lot of colors to keep track of here. Black something. But it was really good. It was uh, Chris Pramus. He wrote it all, and it was uh, uh, an awesome cleanup of the first edition rules. It was very good. Anyway. I was playing as an acolyte priest called Gustav, and my other party member was playing a road warden also called Gustav. We were the two Gustavs, and we were asked to ferry a parcel from one town to the other, unopened. As some of you listening may have guessed, it was an artifact of chaos. Dun-dun-dun! So we went back to the priest to confront him. He claimed to be part of an organization who collected chaos artifacts to keep them out of the hands of evil, and so they can study and neutralize them. Ooh, I like this. I actually think that's a good... I'm going to steal that. Thought that destroying the items would just cause chaos to go back into the world and make things worse. A heretical view, but an understandable one. And this is where the fun began! Because I didn't know that chaos was an actual immutably evil concept, and the words of the priest were beguiling to my character. He already felt the church was more than a little excessively orthodox, and began to see himself becoming the Warhammer World's version of Martin Luther. Fun! Right? I see this going good places. Yeah. He decided to side with the priest. The issue was that Gustav the Road Warden was a goody two-shoes. And when my character tried to brain him so we could take him with us, he spotted me and shot me in the face. Damn. Then he took the priest prisoner and called for the witch hunter. Eventually, the wound healed. My my face is shot. Wound healed. It's happened. Like, what happened to your face? I got shot. Yeah, there's real world precedent for that. Sure. Eventually, the wound healed, and the witch hunter was waiting for me. He'd already taken testimony from the other Gustav, and he listened to mine. Eventually, he made a judgment. I had confessed, and he sympathized. I hadn't known what I was doing. The priest had deceived me, and that Sigmar would probably be merciful. However, 
the only option open to him would be my execution. Mm. And so, in the midst of his home village, which was in the process of being burnt to the ground, Gustav was led to the dock by the river, and while he tried to jump before he was shot, the aim of the soldiers was just too good. Well, with a character arc as good as that, it's no wonder that I'm still into the RPG hobby now. Thanks for reading, Joseph Gurkerman. P.S. The other Goose... I almost said the other Gurkerman. Yeah. The other Gustav bounced back from this, finding another traveling companion and going into further adventures. That is, until his friend went insane and began hallucinating a giant talking skeleton. But that is another story. P.P.S. Drank. Woo. It's drinking time. I'm out. Mm. There's a... Oh, I don't want any of that. <laughs> I have to record this afternoon. Alright. That's it. Yeah. Is there anything that I forgot? Oh, don't forget... Uh, Two Happy Jacks links on two social media things. Two, two links. links! Wow, I don't think we could have planned that better. <laughs> and I think we that's it. Probably. We would have like been like, everybody use your right hand. Everybody, two <laughs> links. Right. And? Work. But see, I cheated in because yeah. I'm Did a performer. Yeah. I knew that the left hand, because of the way otherwise yeah. it would have been here. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> and Mode of Sin, tomorrow, 1 o'clock. That's right, I should prep that. Yeah. <laughs> or not. Or not. Or not. And we're It'll still doing the the uh, Project Tutu, right? Or what are they calling it? Tutu Gate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you find that... enough. Yeah. You want to yeah. do, do it with us? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> we're we're going to cosplay uh, Baby Metal. If a certain tweet gets 100 tweets. Uh, no, Tights I in a tutu. I, I can't commit to that. I don't know if I... You got great legs. Come on, I man. I have terrible legs, and I commit to it, and then I'd, I'd be busy, and then you guys would all call me out. Oh, Stork's busy. Uh-huh. Well, no, uh, but, quote, busy. I'm like, Jim, no, Jim, I, said, no. Jim said he was in, so we're, we're covered. Okay, we're good. Never mind. Yeah. We don't need you. We don't need you. You can, be, you can come as the commie band. Just <laughs> in the white, the white sheets. What's that? Does the, anyone remember the actual exact hashtag for that? There isn't a hashtag. It's a tweet. It's OMG. Proby Tim will wear a tutu for an upcoming yeah, Happy Jacks episode. episode. So it, it, search Proby Tim. Yeah. All one word. It was one word, I think. I, I don't know. It's, it's, if um, you search Proby Tim, I doubt that combination of words comes up much on Twitter. <laughs> I, Stu, I, ma- <laughs> Stu made the first tweet on Happy Jacks Twitter. Yes, so I copied it I copied o- over and I put it on. I did look it up because there was a, there were some puns or something going on at some point and I figured a, a utility tutu would be needed Utila to be made. tutu? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to get Samantha to make Utila tutus yeah. for all the guys. Not Utila kilts, but Utila tutus. And I know you guys hate them, but for things like this, we always need to have our hashtag on there. Because some people are retweeting, but then they're retweeting it a different way so it doesn't necessarily get caught in the uh, little what thing. What hashtag? Uh, I don't know. This one could be tutu gate or. But <laughs> always. Tutu gate was used on the forum a couple times, okay. so I, I, I. That would be good. But we always, whenever we tweet anything out about the show, we should always use Happy Jacks RPG as our, as our hashtag. You could go with the whole Egyptian really? thing and have tutu comment. Or you could just search for a, a large portion of that tweet string and it'll, it'll tell you how many times it's come up. I haven't been hashtagging my Happy Jacks tweets. I'll do that. <sighs> Make sure you put tons of them. 80%. Of uh, your character uh, count should be hashtag generally not on speaking. Twitter. No, not on Twitter. <laughs> no, eighty percent. Eighty percent of your of your of your word count should be hashtag. You have to do like eighty tweets to get a sentence across. So you have as as one word as and then a bunch of, of hashtags. <laughs> the Zach on the chat room says uh, hashtag why two two gate when you know two two have you know don't want to two two gate. I think that's something. There's also there's also a competing tweet. You know problem have you don't want to make gets. 
um, you know, more tweets than the first tweet, then we won't wear tutus. So if you're really opposed to the idea of seeing Stu, Jib, and I in tutus, mm-hmm. you can retweet anti-tweet? that one. No. And you can anti-tweet. The anti-tutu gate? <laughs> the, the no one's going to do that. The, the bottom line is either way the show gets a All right. All right. And I found on, on Amazon, I found black tight, large men's black tights, which we'd need. And then they also, there's red and black tutus. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. The, the problem is going to be the torso stuff, because that stuff... Is yeah. almost like armor. Yeah. Uh, you could do just like a leather we'll biker just, jacket. We'll just, just bedazzle. Pretend. No, yeah. we'll just bedazzle like red tank tops or something. It'll be amazing. No, but they wear long sleeves. They have high collars. Yeah. Well, then we'll bedazzle turtlenecks. It'll be amazing. You'll bedazzle them? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you know what those are? All right. Bedazzle? Don't you All right then, end this? Yeah, we should probably end this. Thank you for joining us for season 18. Oh, wait. I have music. Oh. <laughs> Where is it? I know it's wait. on here somewhere. Oh, oh, no, it's on this page. <laughs> Steve's daughter. That's her elbow that you're looking at. Thank you for joining us for season 18, episode... And set, no, season 18, 17, episode 18 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I am Proby Tim. Stork. Thank you very much. <laughs> and we'll, the best. And we'll leave you with a song. If you're listening to the podcast, we don't leave you with a song when we do the show on live.
Media Empire. Bum, bum, bum.